What's up, Victory family? How you guys doing this morning? Are y'all jamming to that beat like me? All right. Just needed that bass to drop just a little bit more. Well, it's good to be here today. It's a blessing to be here for the first Sunday of the new year. Give yourselves a hand for being here. We also just love the fact that you're joining us. For those of you who are joining us online, we have people watching from Kenya, Argentina, and India. Let's celebrate them. Now, before we go further, I want to take a moment, special moment, to celebrate all of you. And you're probably asking why. I want to celebrate you because, because of your generosity, we are able to receive, we were able to receive in $569,000 for the Christmas gift to the world. Come on, y'all. Y'all can do better than that. $569,000 and, and in victory fashion, we're going to raise that up to $600,000 so that we can be a blessing to those organizations. So that's just a great thing for us to do for your generosity. Now, it's a new year, and I'm pretty sure all of you have gotten in your New Year's resolutions by now uh, to do the thing that God had told you to do in 2020 because you plan to do it in 2019, whatever those resolutions are. But I actually love the fact that people are taking inventory. I love people taking inventory of their lives to see what they can do better and progress. Now, everyone here knows that just because the year changes, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to change. Somebody's like, well, I didn't know that. No, change doesn't happen automatically. As a matter of fact, you know, there's still uh, a pandemic that we're in. There's still racial division that we're in. There's still a number of things that are happening in the world. So what that means is if a change is going to happen with us, it's going to happen not from the outside in, but it's going to happen from the inside out. So the new year provides you an opportunity to reestablish some priorities, to, to, to re reestablish your purpose, to, to reevaluate some of your relationships. Somebody say amen to that. Some people don't need to go into 2021 with you. Reevaluate some relationships. But most importantly, 2021 gives us an opportunity to recommit our hearts, to recommit our hearts to the Lord to focus on his purpose, to focus on what he wants for our lives and so that we can get closer to Jesus. And I understand, look, that's why you're here today. That's why you're here on the first Sunday of the year because you want to get closer to Jesus. You want to know what is the Lord saying to me that I can take in, take in consideration so that I can align with him in this year. Some of you online, you're joining us from all around the globe. You're asking yourself, what is it that the Lord is saying to me today so that I can align? Because here's the thing that we need to understand. In 2020, one word came to mind, perspective. If you didn't have perspective after 2020, then you, you wasn't in the game. 2020 should have given us some perspective. Just think about it. In just about a month, Airline, air travel stopped, cruise lines stopped, retail stopped. Even now, there are some churches that are still not back in the building. Even now. Now, we've been back in the building since, since July. 
That's because we were just obeying what God had told us to do. And here's, here's, here's the deal. We still don't know what's ahead of us. And so we have to be prepared. You know, I was on, the call, on a call on New Year's Eve with our Midtown pastor, Pastor Mo. And so we were talking, and Pastor Mo stopped, stopped me, and he said, I want to show you this picture. So he put this picture up, and he showed me this picture. Now, this is his view from his balcony in downtown Atlanta, what, what, he, could, what he would normally be able to see, the skyline of Atlanta. He can't see anything because it's just foggy. And here's what he was saying. He was saying, you know what? I believe this is prophetic because right now it's just foggy. Some of you in 2020, it's, it was very foggy. And even in 2021, if we look at this, if this was a meme, it would say something like looking out at 2021 like this because you can't see what's ahead of you. We don't know what the, what the months ahead are, are, has in store for us. Because it's just foggy. But what I would say to you is this. It doesn't matter how thick the fog. It doesn't matter how thick the darkness. We always have an opportunity for us to shine our light. No matter how dark it gets, it's just an opportunity for us to shine brighter in the darkness. You know, think about it. If you're driving down the road and you come, come into a thick fog while you're driving down the road, what, what is it that you need to do first? Somebody said, slam on brakes. No, no, don't, don't, no, that must be a teenager. Don't slam on brakes. You're going you're gonna to hurt somebody. No, when you come into a thick fog, the thing you need to do is turn on the lights. You turn on the lights, and as everyone comes into the fog, everyone turns their lights on so that we can guide the way for everyone who's coming in. That's what we need to be thinking about spiritually speaking. It's time for us to turn on the lights. It's time for us to turn on the bright lights so that people can have direction in this thick darkness. I love how Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 and 2, it says, Arise, shine. For your light has come. It says, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Say, on me. Over me. Here's what I'm here to tell you today. Today, as a church, as we're looking, in 20, looking into 2021, it's time for us to shine. It's a time to shine. Now, I'm not talking about living your best life now. I'm not talking about you shining on Instagram. Pastor Darius said it's time to shine. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying that it's time for you to pick up the mission and the call of Jesus Christ and let his light shine within you. Let his light shine over you like the scripture just said in Isaiah chapter 60. Here's a scripture that we all should be familiar with. It's one of the things that Jesus said to his disciples in the parable. He said, Matthew 5 and 14 and 15, he says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. 
You know, I feel like in this season, some of us have reverted to self-preservation. And when we're in self-preservation mode, we're hiding our light. When we're thinking about us four and no more, and we're trying to preserve ourselves because of what's happening, we're hiding our light. And God doesn't want us to hide our light. Because here's the thing, we understand there's a lot of different things in the world. And, and we have to make sure that we don't succumb to the things that are in the world. We have to shine our light because this is what God has given us to do. He wants us to shine bright. He wants us to shine true because we don't know what to expect. We don't know what's going to happen in 2021. You know, I remember at the beginning of 2020, they said it's the year of vision. You couldn't see nothing in 2020. Here's what I know. It doesn't matter. This is the year of us shining our light. So it doesn't matter how dark it gets. It doesn't matter if you can't see. We're going to see the light of Christ rise on the church. You know, when I think about this, I look at this scripture, and I want to point something to you. You know, when we're in self-preservation mode, this is what the scripture says. It says, no one lights a light and puts it under a basket. Instead, the light is meant to be put on the stand. That's our title for today. Everyone say, the stand. And I want you to see that as a metaphor, because Here's what I want you to know. If you cannot stand, you cannot shine. You cannot shine if you cannot stand. Remember Isaiah 60 and 1, it says, there's thick darkness over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. You are the stand. You are the light that God is going to help shine into the world. So it doesn't matter who you are. Here's what I would tell you. Look, you need to be telling yourself this year, I don't care what happens in 2021. I will stand in victory. I will stand in victory. As a matter of fact, you are at Victory Church. That's the title of our church. We're at Victory Church. We're not defeated church. We're not depressed church. We're not depending upon the circumstances church. You're a part of Victory Church because God has given you the victory. And it's not based upon outward circumstances. That's why Jesus told us, that's why the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians. It tells us that thanks be to God who's given us the victory through, Jesus, through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's given us the victory. You have the victory. And it says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Someone say amen to that. So, this year, how are we going to stand this year? Number one, we're going to stand firm. We're going to stand firm. It says be steadfast, immovable. That, mean, that means no matter what comes our way, we will not be moved. We will not be moved. Moved from what? Moved from the mission that God has us on. You need to tell yourself that right now. I will not be moved from the mission that God has me on. 
And here's what I want you to know. When you stand firm, that's what you say. I will not be moved by fear. When you stand firm, you say, I will not be moved by fear. Now, I don't know if you know it or not, but there's a spirit of fear all over the world right now. It's fear everywhere. Some of you are at home. You're, you're at home. You're in fear. Fear of rejection. Fear of being canceled by cancel culture. Fear of dying. Fear of COVID. Fear of financial ruin. Fear of the vaccine. Fear of Democrats. Fear of Republicans. Fear of Republicrats. Fear of all types of things. Fear, 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 fear. You need to tell yourself, I will not be moved by fear. Here's what I would tell you. If there's anywhere in your life that you're being moved by fear, you're leaving an open door to the enemy and a closed door to God. I will not be moved by fear. Here's what I know. When fear comes in, it brings torment with it. It brings a certain level of torment with it, and we have to make up in our mind we will not be moved by fear. That's what the Bible says in 1 John 4 and 18. It says, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Now, some of you have been tormented by fear because of all of the uncertainty. But I'm telling you today, God doesn't want you to be bound in fear. He wants you to be released from that fear, to be delivered from that fear. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was in my home and... um, I heard this scream coming from my boy's room. Like they were scream, they were screaming. And so just like any other parent, I run out, run out of our room to meet them because I'm thinking, oh my God, somebody's fell on something. So all I'm thinking is the way they scream, I'm about to see blood in the room. So I run out to meet them and they meet me halfway. And I say, boys, what's ha- what happened? What happened, boys? And they say, a bug. <laughs> so... I'm thinking, uh, so I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to give him a bit of benefit of doubt. It must be a murder hornet in the house. <laughs> so I'm thinking about, man, I'm going to kill this murder hornet. And news going to come in and say, we have murder hornets in Georgia. This, this guy killed a murder hornet. I get in the room, and they screaming about a stink bug. Y'all know what a stink bug is. The little bug that doesn't hurt anybody. And some of the ladies in the house are saying, all bugs hurt people. So I get, I get in there, and so I say, you know what? I don't want my boys to be afraid. And so here's what I, what I did. I said, I'm going to train them to not be afraid of this bug. So I went over, and I grabbed the bug with my hand. Little stink bug. Now, some of you are saying, don't touch me today, Pastor. <laughs> my hands are clean. So I grabbed the bug in my hand, and I told Emery, my old, the oldest boy, I said, hey, grab this bug. And he's crying. He's, he's upset, and Elon, grab the bug. They won't grab the bug, and I'm, I'm looking at him. I say, guys, do you see how big you are? Do you see how little this bug is? Why are you afraid of this bug? And they couldn't explain it to me, so here's what I did. I had compassion on them because, you know, they didn't grow out like we did, playing in the creek and doing all types of dangerous stuff. So I grabbed the bug, and I put it in my hand. I said, guys, here's what I want you to do. Just put your, put your hand on my hand. And so they were hesitant, but Emery put his hand on my hand, and then Elon came, and he put his hand on my hand, and, you know, just about when we're getting ready, we're going to take it outside and release it. The bug got away and crawled up on Emery's hand, and he, 
He screamed again and had to go get him, bring him back to Jesus. So I finally got him calmed down. We did the exercise again. We walked the bug outside and threw the bug out, out in the yard. And, and so my wife was like, okay, so was all that necessary? <laughs> but here's what we had a conversation about. I said, you know what? I don't want them to just kill the bug. I want them to kill the fear. I need for them to kill the fear because fear is a prophesying spirit that comes to prophesy a future without God in it, a prophesying a future without life in it. And so if there's any area in your life where you're, you've succumbed to fear, I want you to be free of that fear. I believe God doesn't want you to live in fear. I want you to think about it. Again, I named a lot of things that people are afraid of, fear of rejection, Fear of COVID, fear of the vaccine. Here's what I would ask you. You know, when we're thinking about fear, what's the worst thing that can happen? You die. Now, some of you are like, okay, that is bad. <laughs> and I'm like, but if you are a believer, listen to me, listen. And I don't mean to be insensitive, but if you, are, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the worst thing that could happen is the best thing that could happen. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not being insensitive. I know that you, you lose loved ones. I've lost loved ones. And that hurt and that pain is there. But what I want you to understand is that Jesus came to destroy death. He came to give us victory over the fear of of death. That's what he actually came to do. And we can read that in Hebrews, that he doesn't want you to be afraid of death. Because if you're afraid of death, if you're afraid of death, you are enslaved to the thing that you're afraid of. Hebrews 4, 2 and 14, this is what it says. It says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil. Look at this. Who had the power of death. Did you know that the power that the enemy had over you was the power of death? That he holds death over your head just to keep you in bondage. But look what it says. It says, only in this way could he set free all who had lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Jesus came in the flesh so that he could set us free from the fear of death. The ultimate thing that we would be afraid of, Jesus came to set us free from, free from that. And so some of us in this season, going into 2021, after 2020, are afraid of death. We don't know what's going to happen in the world. And I'm telling you, this is the best time for the church to shine their light. It's the best time for us to stand and be the lampstand of God to shine our light. Because the thing that would, that would greatly distress the world should not distress us. Because we already have the victory over it. We have the victory. You know, I want you to understand that you will not leave earth until God performs what he's called you to do. I want you to just receive that. You know, Job said it like this. Job said, you have decided the length of our lives. He said, you know how many months we will live and we are not given a minute longer. That the plan that God has for your life, you can complete that plan and you don't have to be afraid of anything. Now, 
I know that this world has a lot going on. But I want you to understand, if you thought COVID was bad, the Bible says that it will get worse. You know, it's COVID-19 right now. After a couple of years, we'll be at COVID-32. <laughs> What's the end game? What's the end game? What's the end game for you? Those of you who are online, you may be in fear. You may be in fear. You may be in isolation. And in this isolation, you may be dying, spiritually dying in isolation. What's the end game? Will you allow that fear to keep holding you back? Now, some of you, you're thriving in isolation, and I'm not speaking of you. Some of you are doing well, but if you're dying in isolation, I'm telling you, you, you need to overcome that fear. You need to overcome it. You know, at the beginning of COVID, I had just come back from Ethiopia from doing a, a four-day pastor's conference. So out in the field doing a pastor's conference, Preaching, preaching five times over four days. I get back to the States, sit, uh, come home, and then all of a sudden, I was just struck with a terrible sickness. When I say it was bad, it was bad. Like migraine headaches, my body was aching all over, and it was just about the time that they started issuing, issuing the travel bans from different places. At this time, there was no COVID testing or anything like that, but I was laying in the bed, uh, torn. I, I, was, I, was, I was hurting, y'all, and it was, it was real bad. It was so bad that I actually had a fear that began to rise over me, like a terrible fear of dying at that point in time because I was thinking about, man, my work is not done, my kids, and so bad to the point that I had to say to myself, you know what? If I'm going to die, I'm not going to die laying in this bed. I'm about to stand up. So I stood up in my house, and I began shouting in tongues, shouting in an unknown tongue, so much so that my kids came running, running towards the room and saying, is, Daddy, is Dad okay? Is he all right? But I began to pray in the Spirit as hard as I can, shouting, and then I began to speak in my known, my known tongue for about 30 or 40 minutes, just praying and praying until all of a sudden it just lifted. It lifted. And so after it lifted... You know, I told my wife, I said, it's gone. So I sat down on the bed and I began to think. I began to think and I said, uh, pondering to myself, and I said, well, should I, should I have went to Ethiopia? You know, then I started thinking about, should I go back? All of these things start pondering. Then I had this thought, you know, when it's all said and done, I'd rather die physically in faith than to live spiritually dead in fear. Listen, I'd rather die physically in faith than to live spiritually dead in fear. Some of you need to have that testimony that, look, if I die, I'm going to die in faith. I'm not going to live in fear. That's the way we need to live as Christians. That's why I said steadfast, immovable. When you, when you stand firm, you're not moved by fear. When you stand firm, you're ready for anything. When you stand firm, you should be ready for anything. I want to just encourage you, be ready for whatever this year take, uh, takes us into. Don't be afraid of it. Be ready. Be prepared. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was, uh, well, actually, the week of Christmas, got all the family, loaded them up in the, in the truck, and we decided we're going to go see some Christmas lights. So we decided to go over to Life University. They have the nice, beautiful lights that you just ride through. You know, it's about a three-mile ride inside the campus and outside the campus. So we drive over there. We turn left 
on Cobb Parkway in Marietta, and then we realize it's a line about two miles before you get to the campus. One line. And so I look at the family, hey, are we going to do this? We didn't have anything to do, so we decided let's stay in line. So we get in line. You know, you know how it is. We're in line for about 30 minutes, and then all the people that's coming in that's behind us, you have people that start trying to break in line and all of that, and so we're tightening up. And I'm one of those people, you know, you know, if somebody drive up and they, they're like, let me in, can I get in? You know, some people just look straight ahead like they don't see them. You know, I, people pull up beside me, I look right at them. I say, no, buddy, you need to go to the back. <laughs> to the back, buddy. I've been in line long enough. You need to follow the rules, follow, get in line, fall in. So we're in line about 30 minutes. 50, uh, line about 45 minutes. Take us about an hour and 15 minutes to get to the turn to turn into the campus. So we turn into the campus, get about 20 feet. And, and listen, we're about 20 feet from entering to the campus. Then I hear this, this ding going on, go off in the car. Ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, okay, what is this? So I look down, and we don't eat. Oh, And I'm not talking, listen, I'm not talking the new car E. You know the new car E, you have like 40 miles left. It tell me you have zero miles left. So I turn to my wife and she looking at me like, I turn, I say, look, hey y'all, look at the kids, the boys. Hey guys, we got we to gotta get out of line. So we had to get out of line and go get gas, you know, and I'm trying to spin the story. I'm trying to make it sound good. Hey, we're going to go look at some lights at some beautiful houses at our neighborhood. <laughs> I'm driving off, and the people that I sent to the back, they waving at me like. <laughs> and so I was thinking about it, and when I was beginning to pre prepare this message, I said, you know what? I wasn't ready. It's like the story of the, ten, the parable of the ten virgins. The five wise who had their lamp, their oil, and they were ready to go. And then the five foolish that only did just enough, just enough to get them by. Here's what I'm saying to you. In 2021, you cannot do just enough. You need to be prepared. You need to be ready. God is calling us to be ready and prepared for whatever may come. And what does that look like? I'm saying today, you being here today is the first day of you getting ready for what God has for you in 2021, for what God wants to do with you, receiving his word, receiving direction, filling yourself with an urgency to accomplish what God has called you to do, to align yourself with the purposes of God, getting rid of the fear that the enemy is trying to bring into your life so that you can set your feet, set your feet firm on a rock and focus on what God wants to do in your life. So here's what I would say. How do you get prepared? How do you not be one of the five foolish virgins? Thing that you want to do. We have a fast that's coming up from January 11th through the 17th. You want to prepare yourself. You want to be a part of that fast. You want to go in and receive what God has for you. You, you get in line with that fast. And here's what I would say about fasting. Don't just do just enough. Don't just do just enough. Deny yourself. 
Deny yourself some of the food, some of the entertainment that you would normally have so that you can be in tune with what God is saying to you in this season. You know, I remember we were going, uh, I was at a church and we were going on a fast and, um, you know, everybody was really going in hard. It was just a three-day fast and there was this one brother, I just kind of noticed him and I don't fast judge people. I don't, I don't do that, but he was real close to me, and I just noticed, man, he was eating everything. He was steak, all of that kind of stuff. And he was going to the movies and everything. I'm like, man, this brother is living his best life. And so I walked up to him, and I asked him, hey, say, so, man, hey, uh, what are you fasting? And he said, milk. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, 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 oh milk? Really? Oh, okay. Uh, uh. He said, man, yeah, I really, really love, I really, really love milk. And when, when y'all talked about getting rid of something that you didn't want, I, I said, milk is it, milk is it. <laughs> you know, you laugh at that. But here's what I'm saying. Take serious inventory. Take it seriously. Don't just do just enough. Take it seriously. I believe God can speak some things to you. I would also say, how do you prepare? How do you not be like the five foolish versions. This next series that we're going to jump into, you don't want to miss it. We're going to be, uh, our senior pastor, Pastor Johnson, is going to be casting vision for where we're going as a church. Four weeks in this series. I don't want you to miss either parts of that series. You need to be receiving what God is saying to you, a part of this body. Some of you watching online, receive what God is saying to you through this body. How about we make sure that we don't do just enough? We're not going to be foolish. We're going to be wise. And then at the end of this month, it's an opportunity for you to get connected to a small group as we open up our small groups because we want to be prepared for whatever may happen in this earth in 2021. Someone say amen to that. So how, how, do, we, how do we stand? We stand firm, not only that, but we stand out. We're going to stand out. Now, Matthew chapter 5, verse four, uh, 14 and 15, it says, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly fathers. Now, your heavenly father. Now, we have to make up in our minds in 2021 that we're going to shine. We're going to make up in our minds in 2021 that we're going to be the light of the world. We're not going to try and fit in and play it safe. I want you to notice in this scripture, it says that let your good deeds shine out for all to see. People should know that you are, you are a follower of Christ. Everyone should know that. And not because you play Christian music. Not because you have the cool Christian bumper sticker. Like you got the, the fish eating, you know, that fish thing with some legs on it. Not because of it. They should know that you are a Christ follower because of your love. They should know you're a Christ follower because of your joy. They should know you are a Christ follower because of how you serve 
people. They should know you're a Christ follower because there's a distinction in how you live. They should see your good deeds shining, and they should glorify God for what they see in you. Remember, you're shining. Remember, you are the stand that the Bible says that his glory will be upon you. You are the lampstand for the light of Christ. And not only do we stand, again, we are the stand that the light of Christ shines bright on. So we have to stand out. We have to make sure our light is shining. 1 Corinthians, like I said earlier, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, and 58, it said, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding. Someone say, always abounding. You know, that word abounding means exceeding the ordinary. In other words, extraordinary, above and beyond, extraordinary. You should have a, an extraordinary witness in 2021. You should be extraordinary in your living in 2021. And when I'm saying that, I'm saying how you serve Christ, how you lay down your life for the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ should be evident. We want to be extraordinary in what we do, extraordinary in our serving, extraordinary in our giving. And as a matter of fact, give yourselves another hand for your extraordinary giving over 2020. Extraordinary. Like I said, not just doing the bare minimum. We need to get rid of that thought. Not just doing the bare minimum. Not just enough. We need to be people that do more than what's asked. You know, on your job, no matter if you like it or not, no matter if you like the people that you work with or not, you need to be extraordinary in your love. You need to be extraordinary on your job. Can your boss say that about you? Does your boss think about, you know, that person right there is extraordinary. Everything that I ask them to do, they go over and beyond. Say amen if that's, yeah, <laughs> if that's you. Listen, we're not going to be like the foolish bridesmaids. We're going to go over and beyond. We're going to take what God has given us. We're going to be grateful for everything that he's blessed us with. We're going to shine our light. That's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure that if the world gets darker, we're going to continue to shine brighter. We're going to shine brighter and brighter. And here's what I know. It doesn't matter what happened. Nothing should throw you off. Remember, God has a, a purpose for your life. He has a call for your life. And it doesn't take, uh, doesn't matter what happens. It shouldn't get you off, off course with what God has called you to do. I want you to think about Paul. Think about Paul who the Lord told him to go to Rome. So he's on his way to Rome, and while he's on, way, on his way, the storm rose up, and he became shipwrecked to the point that the Bible says that he only got to shore on the broken pieces of the boat. And then when he got to shore, he's sitting by a fire because he's wet, and as he's sitting by the fire, a poisonous snake comes up and bites him on the hang. Now, how many of you would have quit the ministry at that point in time? <laughs> You know, a snake is much different than a stink bug, Pastor. But this is what he did. He shook it off. 
And some of you need to shake yourself because you've been in a lull. You need to shake off the poisonous lies of the enemy. You need to shake off this defeated mindset and understand that God has given you victory and it doesn't matter what comes your way, that God has called you to stand out and shine no matter what. I don't know about anybody else, but this year, I'm going to shine. I'm going to shine for Jesus. I'm going to let my light shine bright. I'm going to stand firm, and I'm going to stand out because that's what he called us to be, and that's what he called us to do. So how are we going to stand this year? We're going to stand firm. We're going to stand out, but we're also going to stand together. We're going to stand together. Now, Oftentimes, when we uh, preach messages like this, everyone's thinking individually. Everyone's thinking about my life, and everyone's thinking about this is what I'm going to do or what God is speaking to me. Here's what I want you to know, that when we think about the gospel, when we think about the Bible, when God was speaking, he was not just speaking to you as an individual. He was speaking to the ecclesia. He was speaking to the gathering. He was speaking to the church. As a matter of fact, when we say we are the lampstand of God, you know, the Bible called us when Jesus was looking at the seven churches, he said the seven churches are the seven lampstands. What he was saying is us as a collective, us as Victory Church, we are a lampstand together to shine the light of Christ. And here's what we have to do. We have to take that seriously because, again, church means gathering. Church means assembly. Church means people who love Jesus are coming together to be in the same proximity, to be connected for the purpose that God has us to be connected in. So here's what I would say to you. I would say to you in the building, you're on, you online, if you are disconnected, don't stop being the church. I'm saying you need to make up in your mind this year, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to die in isolation. I'm not going to die in isolation because of fear that I'm going to be gathered with the believers. I'm going to assemble because here's what I know. I know that the enemy comes about as a roaring lion seeking, seeking who he may devour. And here's what I know. One can put a thousand in the fight but two can put 10,000 to flight. When we lock hand in hand, when we decide that as a church we're going to shine this light together, that we're going to be the lampstand of God, the enemy can't do nothing with us. That darkness is driven away because our light shines brighter and brighter and brighter. Bright. Who's with me on this? Who says that I'm, you know what, Pastor Darius, I'm going to be a light this year. I'm going to stand this year. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be the same thing that God has called us to be, the light of the world. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand right now together. Let's stand up. All of us stand up together. You know, I believe right now in this moment that there are some people in here that you came to church today and you're saying, okay, you know what? No longer can I live no longer can I live in mediocrity. No longer can I do things halfway. I'm going to go all in for Jesus. 
I'm going to go all in for Jesus this year. And it doesn't matter. Even now, the enemy may be telling you, you know what? I know you came here, and I know you're saying you're making this decision, but, you know, when you get home, you're not going to change. I'm telling you, don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Again, he tries to, he tries to cover you with fear. What are you going to do if something else happens? What if a terrorist attack happens? Get rid of that fear. Don't let the, don't let the enemy speak that lie into you. Because here's the thing. We, we have the victory. We are a victorious people because Jesus has given us the victory. And some of you today, you're saying, you know what? I want to recommit my life to Jesus. I need to make sure that I'm not being foolish like one of those foolish bridesmaids. That when the son, the bridegroom came and the call came out, I, I'm not ready. I wasn't ready. I want you to be ready today. And today, the first thing you need to do to get ready is you need to recommit your life to Jesus. You need to make up in your mind, you know what? I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to get rid of my own self. I'm not going to save my life. I'm going to lose my life so I can save it in Jesus. That's the type of decisions that you need to make. Some of you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm going to tell you, I, did, I made that decision back in 1995. It was the best decision that I ever made in my life. I didn't know what, what lied in the road ahead. I didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring. But what I knew is, I knew that I had the victory in him. I knew that he lifted the burden of fear. He lifted the burden of rage. Some of you are in anger because of what has happened. You've lost your job. You've lost some family members. And you find yourself being angry and distant from God. I'm telling you this. I'm telling God can come in. He can heal your heart. He can make you new. He can give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. But what he's asking of you is to let me in. Let me come into your heart. And so you, who re you're recommitting your life to Christ, or you're committing your life to Christ, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And then after that, what we're going to do as a church, we're going to be the lampstand, and we're going to praise like we're the light of the world. We're going to pro proclaim victory in our praise. Amen? If that's you, you're making a decision. Repeat this after me. Say, Father, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that God, that he died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that God raised him from the dead. And because you rose from the dead, Jesus, there's salvation in your name. Now, Jesus, come into my heart. I repent of my sin. Come into my heart and make me new. Take my sin and remember it no more. Cast my sin as far as the east is from the west. Now, Lord, make me a light for you. Set me on fire for you so that I can be the lampstand that you've called me to be. I thank you, and I give you glory in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen, amen. Let's just celebrate that one time. Now here's, here's what I want you to do. Right now, I just want us to take a moment because if you prayed that prayer 
or if you're in this house and you've already received that, you have the victory in Jesus Christ. You're not waiting on the victory. No matter what 2021 brings your way, you have the victory in Jesus Christ. And so right now, I want you to just shout the victory that you have in Jesus. I have the victory. And I want you to lift your voices and worship Worship like you never worshiped before. Your first worship moment with the ecclesia this year. Let's make it count for all of heaven to hear. Amen.